And now for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Well, good morning, Simi. All right, let's break this down. We got the big business plan yesterday, and I have to say I found it a bit underwhelming. Yeah, that giant thud you heard yesterday afternoon uh, was the arrival of the business plan. Uh, from the government. Melanie Mark says, well, this shows that we're transparent, but man, oh man, if you look at what they actually gave us, transparency is not the word that jumped to my mind. Now, we have the minister, Melanie Mark, coming on uh, in about an hour from now. And I guess the question that I have, Vaughn, and and you tell me if you saw this anywhere, because I looked for it, do they ever explain, like, why now? No. No, I mean, the, the problem we have in in understanding. I mean, you, you, we're in the business, first of all, you try to understand why they did what they did. So the problem you have in understanding why they did what they did, why they decided it had to be a billion dollars, why they decided the museum had to close for eight years, is that every time you get to the interesting parts of what they gave us, they removed it. So I, I can only give you a couple of examples, but they illustrate a lot. One of the reports we got is the risk assessment for the whole project. So this is where the experts go, okay, where could things go wrong with spending a billion dollars, right? They identified 21 risks, and they listed them. Here they are in this table. The table's completely blacked out. Like, you go, okay, right? Don't just trust us. Trust us. We knew what we were doing. And again and again, you hit that. My two favorite redactions, however, and I have to give these to you because some of the stuff was farcically funny. So they, of course, removed a lot of the financial details and the breakdowns and all that and labor agreements. But they also held back the two strategic communications plans that they developed for this project. So one of the plans was developed for the museum to explain to the public why they were doing it, and the other one was developed for Marx's ministry to explain to the public why they were doing it. I'm looking at they withheld those two, and I thought, man, oh man, given how communications have gone on this project, you sure wouldn't want those to fall into the wrong hands, <laughs> right? You know, you wouldn't want unsuspecting members of the public to read the communications plan and go out and do what the government did and start shooting themselves in the foot. That's so, true. <laughs> you know, uh, another one that, that people just went like, what? The, the business plan, so it runs over 100 pages, and a third of the pages have significant redactions on them, so that's how useless it is. But <clears throat> one, of the, one of the pages had a picture of an illustration of what they think the museum will look like. Well, they blanked it out. Like, Why, though? What? That's the thing. That's, like, to me, showing us what it looks like would actually, I think, help because I mean, people I mean, can imagine it and say, well, oh, that's going to look nice. I don't get the wrong impression. <laughs> I don't. Look, I mean, you can report what the minister said, and we, we tried to do that and everything, but <clears throat> the overall thing that came through me from the technical briefing, which went on for an hour, you know, all this stuff we were given and all the stuff we were not given, uh, and then the minister is... It, it looks to me, Simi, like they went at this from the beginning with no kind of overall view of what they were prepared to pay and how long of a closure they were willing to put up with. So you had a bunch of public servants who are doing the public service kind of thing and analyzing and commissioning experts and producing recommendations. And this goes to the cabinet. 
And it doesn't look to me, Simi, like anybody at the cabinet table went, how in the hell are we going to persuade the public that this is a good time to spend a billion dollars? And how are we going to persuade people in the provincial capital that it's a good idea to close the museum for eight years? Like, we don't have everything that the cabinet was given, but I would say a group of politicians sitting around looking at this like politicians would have said to the bureaucrats, take this thing back and come back with a plan that we can sell politically because this is not going to sell. And that's my take on what happened, well, way back in March when they approved this and the reason they're having so much trouble selling it now. Okay, and what about the money numbers here? Well, we got the big number, so $789.5 million for the new building. And the new building, um, you know, goes ahead at that price. And they say, you know, they did the analysis and came up with the numbers. But, But here's the problem. They've already approved, the rest of the billion dollars is accounted for by the other building. So they're building out in Colwood, a Victoria suburb, a new building to house the research and collections material. All that stuff that's endangered is going out there. And that's already underway, that whole project. But here's the problem. Last year, that project was budgeted at $177 million in the provincial budget. This year, it's already gone up 27% to $224 million. So I'm looking at that number Mm. and going, we can't take any, even if they hadn't redacted a bunch of stuff, you can't take any of these numbers to the bank. Um, they're, They're revising the plan as they go along. Okay, well, then that's not really a business plan, is it? Well, you know, (laughs) I would say more like a work in progress. Here's another problem. The business plan, we were given it yesterday. What we were given yesterday went to Cabinet in March, and the Cabinet approved it. Well, that business plan says that the new museum will open in September 2029. But yesterday we were told, no, 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 it's not opening till 2030. So in two months, they've already had to move the construction schedule by a year. Like, it, it, these numbers just aren't reliable. But here's one I think you can take to the bank, Simi. This one is politically suspicious. Demolition of the existing museum starts in the spring of 2024 by an amazing coincidence a few months before the 2024 election. Hmm. Now I go, this is, people have been saying from the beginning, the reason for the rush on this is um, they want to get it past the point of no return before the election. That tends to confirm that. Do they really need to start the demolition work uh, in the spring of 2024? Um, Also, if it's so urgent to shut this thing down, why then are we waiting that long for the demolition work to start? Yeah, construction of the new building doesn't start for four years. You know, I, I thought one of the best questions yesterday I thought in the, uh, that we heard it was from a colleague, and it was seizing on a piece of information the government provided, the museum provided. So only 1% of all the artifacts and stuff that the museum has is actually on display to the public at any one time. Right. So the question to the officials was, why don't you pack up 
and move the 99% of the stuff that we can't see anyway and move it to safety and leave the 1% on display in the Provincial Museum until you're ready with an actual replacement plan for the museum. Right. You know, there's a, there's a sense here that there's an agenda going on that they're not discussing publicly. Uh, there is a rush to get that museum closed and demolished. They've already started tearing out the exhibits on the third floor. They started that in January, right? I mean, there's a rush here to do something with that museum that doesn't fit the idea of, oh, we're just trying to come up with a state-of-the-art facility, and oh, we're just trying to protect the archives and everything that's there. Okay, so what was the deal also with the language that was used here? Um, by the tourism minister. I know she was asked about decolonization. What was up with that? I don't think I ever said that. I mean, she's been in denial that she said that. One of our colleagues posted, that's easy to check. He posted the Twitter uh, posting from Melanie Mark last fall, where she said the whole one of the, the only thing she said last fall, Simi, was that this is about decolon- decolonialization of the museum. That's why they closed all the exhibits on the third floor with six weeks' notice at the end of last year and started tearing them out. Why is asbestos an issue? Well, asbestos isn't an issue unless you start tearing stuff out. Well, they've started doing it, right? So she now says, oh, no, no, it's just about modernization. It isn't about decolonialization. Well, one of the reasons for the backlash here in the provincial capital reason is because she said it was about decolonialization of the museum. And that's put the whole thing on the wrong track from the beginning because it made people feel like they were stamping out some history in order to tell a different history. And people have been saying from the beginning, why can't you add to the historical stories we're telling? Why do you have to stamp out and remove and destroy exhibits that have been there and loved by people for years? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know... So it, many it, better ways to do this. I yeah. know. And all, all questions that we're going to have to ask the minister in about yep. an hour's time too, Vaughn. But listen, thank you so much. Thanks, Amy.